ghosts. Hello, Ghostbusters. They're real. You do? You have? They're here. They catch the ghost that won't stay dead. They're armed. They're dangerous. Try to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. All right, that's bad. Okay, all right, important safety tip. Thanks, Egon. They're professionals. Oh, I'm the chairman of the largest paranormal removal company in America. You see it? They're all that stands between you and the end of the world. The city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. Real wrath of God type stuff. Exactly. Fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Your girlfriend lives in the corner penthouse of Spook Central. You want this body? Is this a trick question? Got your stick. Hold. Heat up. Smoke it. Make them hard. Ready. Ghostbusters. Starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Weaver, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis. Coming to save the world. Who you gonna call? Ghostbusters. We came, we saw, we kicked it. Hello? Hey. Hey, how's it going? Oh, no. Let me turn my video on here. Yeah. All right, there we go. So the gang's all in. Okay. Chris, this is Felicia. Felicia, this is Chris. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you. This is like a dream. Talk about <laughs> Ghostbusters. Actually, it was really funny because I completely spaced on the fact that you're a big Bill Murray fan. So, the big, the biggest, the biggest. I was just like, oh, this, this actually works out pretty well. Actually, I just realized. Hold on. Uh oh. <laughs> this is just on my bookcase. It's on display. Can you see it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Thrill Murray. I was going into my junior year of high school. Mm. and I had no friends, but I bought this book instead of buying things that I needed for class. It's good that you had priorities. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I guess we're going to kick it off. Welcome to the Download Podcast Show. I am Darren Jenkins. And I'm Chris Saunders. And we're lucky to have on the show today um, comedy writer Felicia Romeo. Felicia, thank you for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Discuss what I think 
should be like I think if you move to the U.S. and you happen to move into New York, you you should have to you should be made to watch this movie um, as part of your in, induction into the New York way of life. Ghostbusters, the 1984 film starring Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Sigourney Reaver, Hal Ramis, Rick Moranis. I mean. This is our second Rick Moranis movie. Yeah, yeah. And and Ernie um Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Um, our second one that we've done with him. Um directed by Ivan Reitman. Uh box office for this was 296.4 with a budget of 30 million dollars. And the screenplay was written by uh Ramis Aykroyd and Moranis. Uh and we're going to get in a bunch of stuff that I learned about this movie that I can't believe I didn't know about this film. And that's pretty sad. But um, I guess we just kick it off by, you know, giving our giving, giving our two cents about what we thought about the the film overall or, you know, what your initial thoughts on, on this are. This is the greatest uh, comedy movie of all time. That's that's my two cents. We could just stop the podcast right there. All right. Well, this has been great. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can get back to doing whatever I was doing. Uh, wow. I watched this film for the first time, and I'll say this for everybody else that doesn't know that I'm a huge Bill Murray fan. I'm a huge Bill Murray fan. Huge. Huge. I mean, the reason that I got into to comedy to begin with. Um, and I watched this film on my phone the first time that I ever saw it. Mm. Tiny screen. Wow. Really not appropriate audio. <laughs> but, man, I was just in the world. I mean, it, it does not matter, like, what screen. That's what's so great about this film. Mm. You, you'll you be in the world just on any screen, on any anything you can just listen to the audio just the soundtrack mm-hmm. and you just it's a headbanger you know well there's yeah. like um it's so, many, so easy it was such an easy movie there's so many great lines in this movie like there's there's like a um, i think mtv has a list of 103 greatest lines from 103 that that's insane but if well, but if you read them all you're like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah but dude like what bill murray needs a writing credit for this because mm-hmm. like apparently he ad-libbed like most of his lines in this movie yeah. <laughs> so it should really be all three of them as writers on this one yeah yeah uh, that's weird like when a movie when a when an actor uh, does that kind of a thing and it's funny I was watching an interview between because um, he has a new movie out right and uh, Rashida um, was kind of talking about uh, the movie and he apparently does a fair amount of improvising on most of the films he does which um, which is crazy in the sense that that just shows you his comic genius because it's it's very hard to do that <laughs> to to do it and keep the chemistry um, solid 
in the moment. You know what I mean? Like, so to be able to do those kind of things just shows and, how, and then the people working with him as well have yeah. to be like on their game too, right? Yeah. I was just like watching the last scene and, he, and Peter says something that's clearly an ad lib and like Ray is just like, he like gives, gives a look. He doesn't start laughing. He doesn't, but he, like he's a, completely in character. So big ups to everybody on set too. Yeah, yeah, especially to do that now. Like uh, they're saying about his latest film, he's still doing that. I mean, production is so different now. Everything's so tight and got to stick to the scripts. But back then, I think Caddyshack even was like, yeah, uh, one of those memorable memorable moments where you watch the film and then you hear after like literal entire scenes were written into the script it's just like all right they're gonna just this what is what needs to happen and just let them go like a blueprint obviously not done like that anymore but to let an actor to let anybody do that is saying something about their their comedic genius yep i mean i don't know how how we feel about this other uh comedian but you can they show you he does a lot of movies where they show a lot of outtakes so like jim carrey right. is also on that level right jim carrey robin williams um williams. i mean they're like they're like maybe like eight dudes who i would if i were a director and they just came to me and said oh you know just let me do some things i'd be like go for it man i wouldn't even i wouldn't even occurred to me to, to like no no let's stick to the script because most of the most likely whatever they say is going to be better than what was written so um just gotta, you just gotta give them give them their the, you know the freedom to go ahead and do what they're going to do but then when you get two comedians in one scene like that that's gotta like be. bring back caddyshack yeah the infamous scene with uh, with Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, that scene in particular was not scripted. Right. And actually, that's an interesting one to bring up because they had that major feud at the time. They weren't even on set for Caddyshack together until that scene. They refused to be on set together. Right. So seeing that real life like back and forth battle to have the best punchline is so interesting. Well, that was that was that was your. Um... That was your 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 Michael Jordan Larry Bird moment, right? Mm-hmm. That where like, all right, I'm I'm gonna fade away three here. Oh wait, what? Okay, I'm I'm gonna you know back this dude down and I'm just gonna dunk on him. All right, you do this and I'm you know. So they just kind of were like, all right, you know, let's 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 do this. And and that's, I think that's the beauty of comedy in a lot of ways is that you know you get these dudes who clearly recognize each other's alphaness in on the set but aren't 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 willing to back down and just going to use that moment to kind of showcase how good each one each one of them were so um and then this whole movie is a whole is basically that same thing well i I was gonna say like just the way the whole the way the movie the whole thing is put together Mm. I, i just thought it was like written edited you know, uh, the characters, the actors fit in perfectly. Just like they, how they use the Columbia Pictures logo, <laughs> to, it, it just fits in with that eerie music they're playing. It goes yeah, right yeah. into the movie, like I mean, um, right into the library scene, and then you, this woman who's walking around the librarian, and all of a sudden she's like, you have this light on her face, she starts screaming, and that goes right into the Ghostbusters right. song. Like it's just. It is. This is a textbook 
I think this is a textbook on how you put that right up. It was a really great way of going into it. I mean, I like the fact that they went right into it, like mm-hmm. from the beginning of the movie. They didn't waste a lot of cycles trying to give you a background on how suddenly things became creepy. They just said, and they picked a perfect place to do it, the New York mm-hmm. Library. If you've ever been in that library, it's fucking creepy. <laughs> I've never been in there because of this movie. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I'm gonna use that as an excuse why I haven't been in the library. Oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, it's they went right in it. They picked a great spot. Um, and one of the other things I noticed in this movie, there are a lot of good, what I call, FaceTimes, like these facial reactions to each other that, like. <laughs> words didn't even have to be written for you know what i mean and that was the first one where they all kind of peek around the corner and they see the ghost and kind of all give each other like this look of "Mm." can i talk can i talk to you for a minute right now (laughs) (laughs) but but i think like just the casting overall for this because there's a bunch of characters that are just minute characters in this that i love like even the first scene where we see uh peter bakeman Mm. And he's running the tests on the guy and the girl. Mm. Those two like are awesome. Like the girl plays this character of kind of being clueless, but the the guy is like clearly getting pissed off. Like, hey man, there's actually like so many of these roles that were not meant for the actors. I mean, Bill Murray wasn't supposed to. It was supposed to be John Belushi. Yeah, that's what I learned. Egon Egon decided like after looking for a while that he was the best person for the role. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, Rick Moranis wasn't going to be in it either, right. which is interesting. I think it was John Candy originally. Yeah. And then uh, he that would have been weird because he is so, like, over. I mean, this is like a cutesy sort of side of dark humor. Right. But he is not. Like, he really, <laughs> I think he, he wanted to play it more like, um, you know, the the bad guy in summer of sam (laughs) that's how i picture that he wanted to play his role in this film and then they went with uh rick moranis which obviously genius that would have been really different to have belushi and john candy in there two yeah bigger than life comedians that you i feel like that would have been i don't know i mean it would have been like too high concept in a way yeah maybe Maybe because, like you were saying, like you know, there's a lot of moments where the faces are speaking for the characters, and that's like half of Bill Murray's language, his his body language and his reactions. And but I feel like you know, Belushi is just so so quick and smart, and like mm-hmm. it would have been a whole different film. I think it actually was written. Um, Ackroyd's concept to begin with was way more intense than the film actually ended up being mm. there was like 50 other bad guys than than the stay puffed marshmallow man i think yeah. he was like one of 50 written into the script and then that's the one they went with i don't know how they they chose they landed on that being the right one but i'm glad they did yeah, yeah, it's 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 so silly, but like at the same time, you kind of quote um, Egon at the end. He's like, "I'm like so petrified with terror, I can't even think right now." Yeah, yeah. 
man. Um, but yeah. I just have to say the, the so the guy in the first scene that, that he's running tests on with the big hair oh, the big spits out his a bunch of times. I swear to God, I saw him on the street like last week. What was he like? Like three years old. You know what? It, no, it was a really young dude, but it looked exactly oh. like him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, it's possible. Me, you know. Uh, Yo, and also, and also, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was watching this on Amazon and this guy's picture, like, you know, they always show whoever's in the scene, their picture and their name. Oh, right. Uh, right. His picture is from Ghostbusters. So that's his, like, that's his picture for his career. Oh, that's so sad. No, that's not sad. <laughs> no, that's amazing. <laughs> I wonder if he gets recognized. Mommy, I don't know if he's still around, but I wonder if he gets right. Like, it, it occurred to me. The um, so the woman who played Gozer, uh, I think her name is Slavica Jovan. Has anybody even given an afterthought about like, okay, so like, what did she do afterwards? Did she, you know, did she parlay this into a big career? Not really, right? I I, I don't think I've even heard of her after, after this movie, which. You know, which is kind of sad, but because she's the bad guy, and you should think most bad guys in the movie kind of parlay into other roles that kind of, you know, something. But I don't recall hearing from her ever again. It's sad when that happens, but it's almost like you kind of have to just deal with it. I call it getting Cousin Eddie. Yeah. Because he, you know... He got stuck in that role for the rest of his career, but I'm just looking at her IMDB and of all the stuff that she's done, which is not much at all. Um, the only thing I can even recognize is House on Haunted Hill. Um, everything else. What did she play in House on Haunted Hill? The Twisted Nurse. What's her name? Flavitza Joven. Yeah. Uh, she doesn't have a picture on IMDB. Yeah, so, so that's not a bad. <laughs> That's not a good sign. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, unfortunately, some you know, there, there's so many great people in this movie. Someone's bound to get washed away, um, and you know, quite frankly, you know. So I was watching um, Beetlejuice last night, and. It was on Freeform, and on Freeform, they kind of do similar to what MTV used to do, where they would do, like, these pop-ups during the movie to kind of give you facts and stuff. And one of the facts they gave you was is that the original concept for the movie was for it to be a real, dark horror film. And, you know, just thinking about Ghostbusters, there was there was a possibility it could have gone that way, right? It felt like, because this, it was almost like it was straddling the line between trying to be this dark film and this just, this comedy. And it was a perfect mix of how they did it. But that scene and where um, the two, like um, when Sigourney kind of gets pulled into the kitchen when she's in the chair, I, I'm not going to lie, it was kind of freaky. Like it was kind of, no, 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 but though they were getting kind of handsy though, 
Yeah. Well, it was, it was a little. That was, that was pretty dark. It was just one hand that was getting. Well, that's, that's the '80s. That's the '80s sexual comedy. You know, it's this. This felt like an '80s movie. Right? It had those a lot of that kind of like fun, sexy moments, and that could be like, like technically don't age well, you know, because of you know it's a little handsy and today's movie would have been a little different um but it it made total sense like i don't have a problem with anything that happened in this movie whatsoever uh, well i mean peter yeah. bateman's a little grimy in the beginning yeah he's uh, pretty grimy throughout um when he's like when he's hitting on the, the girl he's testing <laughs> Yeah, well, she, she, I mean, so some, some people, pets. some people are gonna, are, might be, are gonna be jealous he, of your uh, abilities. He, he, he felt like a car salesman or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You think that it's more to do with, with Bill Murray's ad living or just the audience that they were going for? Um, no clue. Yeah. So you're saying, so you're saying it's not Peter Bateman that's grimy, it's Bill Murray. <laughs> Well, Bill Murray in any role is Bill Murray. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's I don't even look at his face and say the name of the character. I can say it now because I'm not watching the movie, but you're watching Bill Murray on screen. It's Bill Murray. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like, like a lot of his characters kind of straddle the line between being being like that lovable uncle that you that you know comes over and turns a regular barbecue into like a fun lovable barbecue. lovable grimy uncle yeah and then the other all grimy uncles are grimy are smarmy, <laughs> you know the smarmy like oh god it's him you know what um, ab- what about what about scrooged he played a little Sc- bit of he played a little bit of a different character because he was like a real hard he ass a, he was an ass dick yeah but he was and there was nothing like in the first half of that movie there's nothing redeemable about that character whatsoever but i don't know there's just something about bill murray himself that makes you still love this dude like you still want to you love him enough that you want to stick through it and see what happens you know what i mean like yeah you're always kind of rooting you're kind of rooting for him in a way, but honestly, in Scrooge, I kind of liked him more <laughs> when he's just being an asshole and he's not trying to play something nice or cute. Yeah. There's I think something- that says a lot about you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I, do ha- I do have a confession to make. Uh, so here we go. I watch this like... I don't know if this is dating myself, but I would have like birthday parties at my house when I was a kid. And I, I don't even know how old I was. I couldn't have been, I mean, let's, say, let's say seven. Mm-hmm. And we would watch this movie. Mm-hmm. And it would get to the scene where like the first scene where they're like, not the first scene, but when, they, when they're at the library and they're like, ready? All right. Ready? Get her! And the monster ghost goes, oh! I would always cover my eyes for that shit. And all the other kids <laughs> in my party would just be like cracking up, dying, laughing. So I will be making a gift to be shared about this for you, especially. Just so. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. You. Honestly, all I took from that was that you had enough friends when you were seven to throw a birthday party for yourself. So. <laughs> Congrats. That's way better than I was doing when I was seven. In fact, I probably would have dressed as Peter Venkman for Halloween if I ever had three friends at 
one specific time in my life. But I did get my dog um, a Stay Puffed costume, (laughs) which really confused me, actually, because there, it wasn't, it was just what Stay Puffed was wearing. So, but isn't the whole point that, like, he's a, you know, he could have just been a you know, down at the down. On, exactly. You, know. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you should have dressed him up as Slimer. Nice little green little outfit. He's always covered in shit, my dog. So, oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on here. You can curse. No, you're not. We have to. We have to stop the podcast now. That's it. That's it. Um, well, you this done fucked it up. Oh shit. Oh. <laughs> movie came out, and I'm gonna age myself. I don't care. This movie came out the same week I graduated from high school. So. Literally. And all I heard was that you graduated from high school, which is way better, <laughs> again, than what I can say for myself. No, I'm just uh, Yeah, I know. We, we like to come on here and brag about our lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did we also notice the abundance of, like, smarmy people in this movie, though? Well, my favorite smarmy dude of all time who played the bad guy in this movie in this which he plays he plays smarmy so well um mm-hmm. william atherton i he's the dude he's like one of these dudes you love to hate in all these movies die hard uh yeah the greatest christmas movie of all time die hard uh, yeah. he was he was the asshole but like remember dean yeager oh are poor excuse for a scientist dr Bigman. yeah he was and then and then the hotel manager. I I didn't know I didn't know it was gonna be that much. I refused to pay. Like all these fucking dudes, they remind me of um uh Lewis Winthrop Thorpe from Trading Places. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. How Which about Dan, the, Dan Aykroyd as well? The Cardinal. The that dude, he I mean, just the face he makes when um when when um Bill says, you know, hey, you'll save a million people and just half a million voters. And he just looks... He's like, nah. Cut to him. He's like... <laughs> you know. yeah, that was like, just... I mean, just so many good faces. I wish I could have just done a, like a like a podcast on just those faces. Some, some of the looks that they made on in this movie were just priceless. I just spent that whole conversation looking up what smarmy meant. <laughs> I gave you the definition. I named all the characters that are smarmy. So that That's our next podcast. Yeah. Just so many context clues. I, I mean, I also just told you that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I'm not even going to finish that joke. We can do a whole so podcast on, on just like things that are smarmy. Um, Darren Jenkins. Fuck you. I just realized that I use the word weaselly for what you are to smarmy as I am to weaselly. Oh yeah, I think uh, I, I think weaselly is a good word too. Yeah, I think when you're weaselly though, there's a little bit more nasal to your being smarmy. If that makes sense. There you go. Yeah. Lead with your nose. Yeah. You sniff out the evil. No, you are the evil. You sniff out your prey. Exactly. There you go. Oh. Mm. Speaking of, um, you know, let's acknowledge the fact that Rick Moranis, who 
I've been following his career since he was doing the Great White North in Canada, which was like one of the greatest shows ever and or skits ever. And um, the fact that he recently had to go through the shit that he had to deal with here in New York, what I was amazed at was the reaction by the New Yorkers in New York. Almost they like there are just certain people in New York you don't mess with. <laughs> and Rick Moranis just happens to be one of these dudes just based on this movie. I and that's you know that to me makes Ghostbusters the ultimate New York movie. It's just they did they, I think they did a dope job like like again the small the smaller characters yeah I loved um like the the police chief, the fire chief, the mayor, mm. uh, even all, like just cops on the so street, like the, the horse, the horse carriage driver, even the horse. Exactly, because the because no, he Rick Moran's was talking to him, and as he walks off, and when the horse kind of like turns, like what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I mean, that's just you can't make this. It was they really did a great job of giving this film a New York vibe. Mm-hmm. to it you know um shout outs to the director for that i mean that was that's pretty impressive so yeah it was more like all the characters had some sort of physical acting mm. element to them that, that is what's so great about these older comedy films like you really feel the reaction and you live in those reactions with the characters mm-hmm Rick Moranis is like rides that line so perfectly. Like he can deliver great lines, but he also has such a good physical comedy to him. He's a- it's like his face muscles. It's not like the old timey physical comedy where it's like full body, it's just this little like twitches or like dropping, you know, like little muscles in your face sort of like if harold lloyd got like uh like a brain injury <laughs> from doing one of his own stunts that's like rick moranis right there like that moment when he gets the first time he comes out in the hallway to talk to dana and as she closes the door he turns around and realizes he's locked out of his apartment there's this like just utter disappointment in the moment in his body <laughs> language. But it's so subtle, like, but you get it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just really well done. I mean, even, even when he gets possessed by whatever demon it was. Yeah. Um, just like when he's talking, he just does his whole thing with his face. Like, I'll tell you, a lot of slurers lost their lives those days. Like, just... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, just, just like, you know, he's evil, but you still kind of feel bad for him a little bit. <laughs> But that was one thing I was like, I was just gonna say big up to like Sigourney Weaver and Rick Moranis for their like portrayals of possessed people in very different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, we don't even get into Dana Barrett when uh, when Pete when uh, Peter Bateman comes by to, to pick her up for the date. Oh, that was great, and, and you could tell he ad libbed like, 95% of what was in that scene, it's like uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm him. Oh, I'm, I'm here. I'm here to meet him. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. You're the key master. Um. 
so let me do one of these quick trivia questions for y'all because I don't think I saw this much in the movie, mm-hmm. but it's a lot in the, in the cartoon. So, oh, the cartoon. What is the name of the Ghostbusters car? Oh, um, the card. Oh, the car. Yeah. Oh, the Ecto One, right? There you go. Nope, Darren wrong. Felicia, right, I gotta go then. One point. <laughs> Was that like a? You should have asked what kind of car it was. No, that's not Because that would have got me. Yeah, well, yeah I, I like people to feel like they're doing well. Oh, yeah, except for me. <laughs> yeah, well, you are you. Uh, <laughs> um, but I, I mean, I, I, I feel like this movie, like, 1984. Hmm. I feel like the effects are still pretty on point, man. They yeah, are yeah. fantastic. They're is no need to make them better <laughs> i mean i was just about to go off on like the new ghostbusters and go into <laughs> a whole tangent but i'm sure we'll we'll get there oh yeah but there is something so special and precious about 1984 mm. special effects editing that really should not have been tampered with mm. and the only director that would probably agree with me and continue to edit like that. It's probably David Lynch, if you've seen some of his more recent stuff. Yeah. (laughs) There's something great about it. I mean, it's art to begin with, so it doesn't need to be, like, real looking. Yeah, plus I think there's there's a, like, you know, when you're acting... In and when you're acting, there's a difference in how you act or respond because I think you have to account for something that's not really there in a sense. So you're probably more genuine than you would be than if you were sitting in front of like to me, it's kind of the same the difference between the first three Star Wars and then the next three Star Wars with all this digital, like they're they just need to leave the 80s special effects alone because it was done with a lot more care than say this laziness of the digital space right now which don't get me wrong i love some of the stuff that's being done but you can't change old movies like this it's just you know it's just more blasphemous is that what you're going for I mean, when it's such like a it's such a piece of the film an right. element of the world of ghostbusters so when they redid or when they rebooted the concept in 2016 it, there was too many changed variables for it to be the same world but they still tried to pass it off as the same world yeah and i mean i won't get into my super opinions <laughs> on that uh, you know what? You don't have to because I feel like we need to do the new Ghostbusters and have you yeah. back on for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you can go off all you want. Awesome. I'll just say that. Can we just give up on this women trying to be comedians thing? Good night, everyone. A woman in a leading role, God. Can, Disgusting. Can we agree that this, so if we could, if it's too bad Netflix didn't exist back then. And the only reason why is it would have been really cool to see the same actors, the same storyline done as a 
an eight episode Ghostbusters television show, limited series, just an eight episode straight same thing, same guys, everything with the with the fifty bad guys that were supposed to be in the movie. <laughs> that would have been dope. I would have loved to have seen because there's a lot more like. You know, there's a lot more that I would have loved to seen um, out of the team. And Ray, to me, was like, I love Bill, but Ray was just so good, especially in in like that scene where the marshmallow, you know, Stay Puff Marshmallow mm-hmm. gets created. And he's just like, I, he's like, I couldn't help myself. You know, it was so brilliant we, that moment. We used, to, we used to roast marshmallows over the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I think everyone was good in this, man. Like, even Egon, like, early on in the movie, was like, oh, I built uh, yep. Peter Lehman's, like, like that time you tried to drill a hole in your head, that would have worked too. If you had worked to too, you had stop. Stop me. Apparently, that's an ad lib as well, by the way. Oh, that's great. And it didn't make any sense. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> and Winston Zedmore has a bunch of quotes I like, man. Like, oh. so I think that just, I don't know, the writing's good, the casting's good, the, you know, the ad libbing is amazing. Even like, um, the smaller, like you said, the smaller characters, like Annie, um who played the secretary mm-hmm. she was so good in this like i remember watching this for the first time and her character was just so on like she was just so right uh, for that kind of character ghostbusters what do you want yeah <laughs> and it was just just she was hilarious and, and her like infatuation with egon yeah 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 <laughs> When he comes from underneath the desk, uh-huh. that was hilarious. Because <laughs> I, I'm like, what the fuck? Where is he coming from? You know, it was, um, there's, yeah, as an eight-episode series, this would have been so good. So That would be, uh, I could see it as like, well, back to David Lynch for like a quick second. That would be really cool to have this whole world, mm-hmm. this whole Ghostbusters world where people can just go in and like try to connect different things and pull them out of scenes and keep them more separated. And I mean, the sound design could be really cool too. Mm. Some really interesting, cool things there. Mm. I think they should do it. That would be I hope, I hope they hear this. That would be better than them trying to do what they did. Oh God. It's like we're almost trying to go into this movie. I won't say anymore, but that new movie that they did, they shouldn't have done that. They just should do like an, a limited series. And that would have been, there's so much more money that way anyway. I'm like, you could have done spinoffs. You could have done, like, I could totally see, um, I could totally see a, a, a sitcom built around Lewis Tully. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know, Lewis Tully, a CPA who just is just, in, just so sadly funny, but I mean, there's just that, 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 was, that was one of my one of my uh, favorite quotes. Is like at the end when they save them, and mm. he's like, uh, "Who are you guys? We're the Ghostbusters. Who does your taxes?" <laughs> That's what you're thinking about. You almost got blown up as a dog, and you want to know they need some tax help. Actually, it would be cool if they did uh, what they did with Black Mirror a few years ago and do a spin-off of Lewis Tully where it's uh, actually a choose-your-own-adventure. Oh. Yeah. 
That's, it's like a whole world. That's interesting. Huh. See, people need to be listening to this podcast and paying <laughs> us for the ideas we're coming up with. Because we, we just enlighten people every time, every episode. Everything uh, is yeah. ridiculous. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all, you know, we're very humble on this show. Um, How do you feel about Ghostbusters 2? Skip right over it. Um, well, see, I've actually been thinking about doing that one too. Like, you could just be our third host, co-host for all the Ghostbusters. Yeah, we should do Ghostbusters because 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 there is a song in that one that I I know. It's I, I'm sure there's more, but there is one particular song that I love. I I own it. I'm gonna own it. I have it on my my playlist because of Ghostbusters too. So doesn't happen to be sung by a Ralph individual. I, I, I'd rather not say right now until we get to this, uh, the next part of the episode. I have <clears throat> I have an indirect connection to Ghostbusters because I actually helped do their um, marketing. Um, I designed the Ghostbusters 2 logo. So the one... You added that extra finger? Yeah. Big work, right? <laughs> Genius. Yeah, I know. See, I was torn between so simple. four or two or doing like this or doing like this. Yeah, it was it was touch uh, over there for a while. For, for, for people that can't see this, what was this and this? No, that's the mystery of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's you've very got, subtly different you've got for a, anybody that's listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very complex. It's well, in England, in England, the, the two fingers forward is like a swear. Well, and of okay. course, in the states, the other way. Oh no, the thing is, in the, actually, it's just it's the, in the back of the hand in, in England is a swear, and in, in, the, in the U.S. it's like peace. So, did you have to redesign the logo for the London release of the film? No, I think. I'm See, going these to... these are the questions we were missing on a day. I'm going to go get some sleep. Basis. You guys carry the. <laughs> <laughs> these well, are the important questions. There's some things that I want to know about the marketing and advertising of Ghostbusters too. One, who thought it was a good idea to make Slimer juice boxes? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or is it genius in the way that booger flavored jelly beans are also genius because you just have to buy it. What are you going to do? Walk by it and know what it tastes like and say, no, I don't want it. Well, who's going to see the word booger on a box and not want it? Right? I mean, seriously. I mean, I just want possibly a different answer than you're thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's your tar- target market, right? Like, who, who's your target audience for that, uh, for that product? Toddler, toddlers, I suppose. They eat their own boogers anyway, right? Yeah, I guess. And they've got lots of money to spend on that. So, you know, they're just rolling in the dough. Well, toddlers can't actually have jelly beans anyways yeah they would just like rub it around on their gums not really know what they're tasting because the flavor's inside because there's a coating on the outside oh so they would just like light sugar or something okay all right this is this is this is important stuff um but getting back to the movie (laughs) (laughs) um this is the movie this is where the money's made yeah we're talking marketing (laughs) baby well, okay, but this this might be. 
I might, I might be looking too much into it. Uh, just bear with me. But there might have been a bit of a racist moment in this film. Oh, I don't, no. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you noticed it. Where? But what? when Ray Stance is training Winston Zeddemore, mm-hmm. showing him how to empty the traps, mm-hmm. is he trying to relate to him on, on a rhyming level, on like a, a hip hop level, by saying, light is green, trap is clean? Did he train his other co workers, his white co workers, the same way? What? (laughs) (laughs) So we're in disagreement here, is what we're saying. I see what you're saying. I just. I choose to ignore it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. See, you're you're part of the problem, Dan. That's right. I'm part of the problem, David. By the way, there was way too much silence after I finished what I said. <laughs> that can't happen again. <laughs> we had to think about that for Darren, edit that out. Um, we'll make it longer. We'll, make it 30 well, we'd have to know who trained him. Some... Because maybe it was... Passed down. Like it, yeah, passed down generationally. I mean, no, no. He doesn't even know that he's racist. <laughs> oh, go now we get now we get into some systematic. How come no Asian Americans in this movie? <laughs> Yo, well, there's not that. I don't think there's any Hispanic Americans in either. Yeah, there's that. So, yeah, uh, I always gotta throw some kind of racist yeah, connotation into our gotta, conversations. You know, yeah, yeah. My favorite line of this film is cats and dogs living together. Yeah. Mass hysteria. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Such a such a Bill Murray line. <laughs> really is. Well, to go along with that same scene, that scene is like one of the best in the movies. Um, but also Winston Zeddemore, he's like, I've seen shit that'll turn you white. Yeah. Which <laughs> <laughs> is amazing because he's black and talking to a white guy. <clears throat> if no one's seen the movie and didn't know the, the reference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my it was supposed to be Eddie Murphy, by the way. Really? Yeah. I, I think again, like to your point about John Candy and James Bel- like Jim Belushi, like that would have been just too much. That would have been such a different movie with those three guys in there. And, like, I, and, I, and I love, you know, love them all. I love, but geez. I, I, I mean, I love Ernie Hudson. So like, I, I, I think I mean, I, and that's how I, I just that's how I was introduced to was this movie. So I, it does, does, in my mind, doesn't work with anybody else. And that budget would have been crazy. Yeah, because they just bring yeah. the whole SNL cast into the movie. Yeah, that budget would have been sixty million dollars, probably, if that. And I don't but, think they would. In nineteen eighty four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All that money. It's ridiculous. But uh, I, I think we can all agree. Oh, you already said your favorite one. I thought we were gonna all agree that yes, it's true. This man has no dick. Is <laughs> the best line of a film. <laughs> oh yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, his face again. Bill Murray's face when he says it is completely like deadpan and serious. <laughs> Perfect delivery. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if that was my favorite line though. Oh well, then you got. I mean, you're you're both wrong. I just, you know, obviously off the top, I'm right. You're wrong. Let's you know it. what? That line would have killed if it was the cast that the script was written for. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely would have been. Uh, There's so many like funny cringe worthy moments in this film because they're all so dry. Yeah. I was going to mention that too. I'm like, this seems like there's a lot of, if you like dry humor, this was a good movie for you. Like, 
like it was an abundance of dryness but this was kind of maybe that's what i liked the most about it was that um they were able to tell they they were to make this a funny movie without making it jokey like they just played played the movie and they kept people who like they trusted the actors to kind of make it funny instead of trying to write a bunch of like overdone jokes into the movie which just easily could have been done like it's like with the cast they wanted to have in the script would have been much more jokier like different jokey more probably more I don't know edgier probably um more like theatrical maybe yeah because it's really loud like performances yeah because I mean Belushi Murphy and and um John Candy they're they you know they just like any one of those guys would have been almost too much for this movie three of them yeah over it's kind of overkill in a lot of it's ways. like it's like the that Laker that Lakers team when they sent Gary Payton and Carl Malone to the Lakers with a Shaq and Kobe like that come on that's too much that's too much yeah and, and they didn't win shit so I think it would have been the same deal with this movie probably would have ruined it mm, yeah yeah uh, um yeah yeah they definitely had a lot of confidence though in their actors I think you have to with this kind of film where there's almost like not an ending even though of course there's it's tied up and clean at the end but it's more of like how ridiculous a concept can we pour money into and just see what happens yeah well it's that 80s excess right so i think that that's where that came from like i think whoever like the money people were behind this movie right they probably were like yeah, let's just go all out. Let's do it. Let's, you know, spend as much money as possible. Hopefully what happened ended up happening was that, you know, um, you know, the the saner heads came in and said, well, okay, I know we can do this, but let's, let's, you know, let's make Should we? Yeah. But should we? Yeah. So I get, or do we need to? Yeah. That's what I felt about this film, going back to like trusting their their cast. Like they had the choice. They had the option to have this like over explained concept film. Right. But they really didn't explain anything at all. Mm. They just were like, This is what it is and we're keeping it dry and we're barely even like there was no like exposition really in the film unless it was like almost making fun of exposition and that you see in sci-fi humor. Mm. And that's what was so killer about this film. Like if you were in it and you just let yourself watch it, you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's stay puffed marshmallow, whatever, <laughs> you know, like they didn't, there was Completely never, normal. there was never a moment of self-consciousness and what they were doing. I think that's why I did not like the reboot. Mm. Yeah. So we're trying to live up to something that was, it's like trying to follow an act of somebody just like 
they know exactly what they're doing and then you go try to do it yourself like uh right <laughs> yeah I was i will say um chris hemsworth i thought he was brilliant in the in the reboot <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was funny thought he was amazing that was great he was funny it showed was- his range yeah yeah he's <laughs> he's really delivered some good lines that came out <laughs> that uh, they did something with him like they they were able to kind of like really take advantage of all the movies he's done up until then and kind of turn it on its head which is usually funny like if you do something like that you know what i mean um and he delivered it really well but the movie itself i was like eh. did he take his shirt off in that Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, I think he did at the end. When does he not take his shirt off? (laughs) Well, that's really what, like... The Star Trek reboot. (laughs) He didn't take his shirt off in that. Because he dies in the first Because he already had it off. (laughs) He didn't have a shirt to take off. (laughs) But yeah, if they didn't do that, maybe there wouldn't have been so much press about how they were just trying to make, like, a feminist movement out of the film. Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Who knows? Um, I would have so, been okay if they just added like a female to the team. But they did. The, they tried to do the Ocean's Twelve move. And I was like, <laughs> motions. Or if they if they just cast different people, like trying to cast in the same way you cast the first films. All comedic, all, all all SNL. Like you know their humor already. Right. If you took people that didn't really have a name, right, and then you're seeing them collaborate, and they're probably collaborating for the first time on screen, anyways. Yeah, that's true. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because it completely like. Look, I'm a big SNL fan, but I'm a big SNL fan of mostly the 70s and 80s teams. Mm-hmm. Just feel, I mean, anybody who has watched them knows that there's a there's a huge difference in the type of comedy that was being done between the 70s and 80s. Much more risque, more open, um, just, they were just, I'm sorry, just a better quality of comedians. Um, with the exception of maybe one or two people on like the most recent iterations of SNL. Um, so to kind of try to replicate that same energy from it's just not possible. It's just not saying that these guys now are not funny, just saying that they're just not funny in that way. You know, they're not I think it's I think it's more the production. I think it's all behind the scenes. Like everybody's a great comedian i mean they get there for a reason but what can they do with this platform now right as opposed to when snl wasn't snl right you know there wasn't like press about every skit and every little word that they threw in and was it too risque or was it touching on too many political topics i mean that was all they were back then and they could say whatever they wanted right Mm. but now it's like it feels so systematic. It's almost cringeworthy. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's like when you're watching a comedian and they're kind of new, and they're still trying to figure it out, and you can literally hear them doing those rhythms that they've studied. Other comedians in the that like gravelly tone that they mm-hmm. replicate, and everybody's doing the same thing. 
it's like just let SNL evolve into what it is now that works for their platform for the comedians that are on it. The um, the skit that the, that <clears throat> Adele just did that everyone's up in arms about. Someone posted on Facebook and asked me asked like, you know, did they, did I agree with, you know the you know what well, there's funny. I, to be honest, I was like, the comedian me says it's funny because I laughed at it, but knowing where we're at and the conversations that happen every time some like that same skit done in 1978 would have just been funny no one would have had any problem with it whatsoever now we have to tear apart things which is unfortunate so um so i mean try you know for them to kind of try to do um to use the cast in such a same similar manner um even like stripes um caddyshack they're all different they were much edgier comedy there was stripes is stripes is on my list man i I love that movie i love stripes stripes and full metal jacket are Mm. the same film yeah (laughs) if you get too sick to your stomach when you're watching full metal jacket which happens to me Mm. on occasion i just turn on stripes and it cleanses the palate and then you jump back into Full Metal Jacket. It's great. Uh, I don't know if I can jump back into Full Metal Jacket. That's a that's, that's a tough. Not one. after Razzle Dazzle, which is my favorite line from Stripes. Razzle Dazzle. <laughs> um. So we have a, a section of the podcast where we talk about our what the fuck moments. Uh, do you have any? You've talked about cringeworthy. They might fit into this category. Hmm. You guys go first, and I'll think of something. <laughs> oh, mine's easy. <laughs> Ray's quote, like, wet dream. Oh, Remember when he's, like, it has a dream, and, like, does the... And then, like, this is ghost hovering over his bed, mm. and it disappears, and then his buckle opens, his fly opens, and you just see him, like, his eyes roll the back of his head. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's mine. That's a good one. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> um, my... Again, I watched this when I was a kid, so that scene terrifying. Yeah. Probably fucked me up for life. <laughs> uh, I don't, that's the funny thing about this movie. I didn't have a lot of what the fuck moments. Maybe. Well, I, I hate saying this because. I love this movie, but <laughs> the racist part that I mentioned earlier. The explosion. The explosion was so fucking huge. And they lived. I'm like, are you joking me? No, that's I love that. <laughs> that that's why I'm saying, like, like the nerve. The nerve <laughs> of them. <Yeah. laughs> How is that possible? But then and they got away with it. No, 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 no. That's not the problem. The problem, the problem is Peter Bakeman has nothing on him. Whenever yes. Him. Yeah, I'm like, how are you doing? I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay. How are you doing? Okay, that's true. I'm gonna hijack that what the fuck moment. But it makes sense, and the reason why it makes sense because the moment after he, like, he shows up there, he has to hug Sigourney, and I'm pretty sure that was they were amazing. like, nope. 
Oh, like a like, continuity thing. Yeah, they were like, nope, we can't get we're not these we're things to get marshmallow on a big star. What? A diva or no, she's not a diva. No, I don't think so. Did you hear about her audition? Well, first of all, Alien, have you seen it? Yeah, <laughs> she's, well, she's got a, plenty of stuff. I've all never over seen an alien. No, don't ruin it for me. <laughs> um there's yeah. no marshmallow man in that movie. There should be though. There should, there should. that would have well, been there, nice. there, there isn't the director's cut actually. Oh, is there? Okay, cool. Shit. I never watched the director's cut. <laughs> oh. Someone watching this listening to this podcast and going, I didn't recognize any Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. So you're gonna have people watching this now looking for the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> He's in, um, if you go 22 minutes in on the director's cut, that's where it is. So. Yeah. You, yeah. Say, um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have watched any of the, um, was it Reunited Apart series on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Um, where the, the guy that does the voice for Olaf and Frozen, he's, he's the host. And he just brings all these people from like 80s and 90s TV shows and movies and brings them to all the like the cast together oh really just as like an interview and he did the ghostbusters oh. <laughs> yeah um i wish I, I feel like i actually feel like felicia has mentioned a bunch of the stuff that they went over <laughs> in their little interview hmm. i'm not seeing that didn't even know that uh, existed yep it's they've done lord of the rings they've done goonies it's all over the place i think they did um Actually, I think they did a, one of the earlier ones. It was not, wasn't even from the 80s and 90s. It sort of was from the 80s and 90s. It was, um, what was that Netflix show with the kids? That was very 80s, 90s oriented. Kind of a horror thing. Oh, uh... Goosebumps. No. The yeah. the newer one, right? With the yeah. waffles? The I waffles. love waffles. What? Wait, what? What is it called? Oh, Stranger Things. Yeah. Oh, Stranger Things. My brain was not functioning there. Anyway, yeah, I think they did. I remember Waffles. Awesome. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're That's talking all I remember. Oh, yeah. Isn't there something with waffles in that? Eggos, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, what's your name? Nine? <laughs> not nine. Eggos. Those are nine. waffles. <laughs> yeah, nine likes eggos. Yes. Oh, you mean eggos? Yeah. <laughs> no, you are yeah. correct. Now I remember. Um, so do we want to uh, ask our, our guest our standard questions? Sure. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah, yeah. we, we, we weren't going to give them to you beforehand. We surprised them. So our first question, <clears throat> our first question is, do you believe that Tom Hanks could be in this movie? And if so, in what role? And would he make it better? Hmm. Does it have to be this movie or can it be my imagination of a, a remake <laughs> because this is what just instantly popped in my, into my head is like okay. uh, an origin story about Slimer starring Fred Armisen as Slimer and then Tom Hanks being the what was the word you guys were saying earlier? Smarmy. smarmy. This, this smarmy character exactly Boom, they should put money into that. Next question. <laughs> um, wow. that, that popped into your head pretty quickly. Um, that's very specific. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, th- I thought or, he could have toyed around with a race, race dance. Hmm. Tom Hanks. Oh, like an existing character. I mean, honestly, it is open to interpretation. 
like I enjoyed your answer, so that that works for me. Was he famous at that time? Tom, yeah, he was. Oh, yeah. When was when was big? That was in nineteen eighty. It would have been probably eighty four, eighty five, somewhere around that time. Okay, so he was just getting his start. I would have liked to see him as one of the speaking extra roles. As the the guy that gets shocked in the in the opening yes. scene. <laughs> yeah, big was eighty. So yeah, was eighty. 88. 88. 88. So yeah, perfect. He's a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you, do you have a, a different answer, Darren? Or? Um, I could have seen him as, um, I thought about it. I was like, either I would put him on the team, swap out maybe Stangler or yeah. Or that would be really it. Like, yeah, don't, say, don't, 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 don't say Winston. Yeah. Don't get rid of the, the token black dude. No, I, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> he does have like Ackroyd vibes. I could see him. Yeah. I mean, he could, I, I, to be honest, I think he could play either, either Ramus's or Ackroyd's role, either one of those two, probably. Mm-hmm. Because he's got a little bit of a, like an innocence to him, and yeah, you know. and he has that voice that he gets into where he sounds really smart. <laughs> yeah, so professor esque. Although, I also wouldn't mind seeing him as um, in the role of uh, Rick Moranis. That might be interesting. That might. Be. I don't know. I think yeah, I he's like too Rick tall. Moranis. I feel like Rick Moranis. Yeah, I mean the whole that whole time with, with Rick Moranis walking next to uh, Sigourney Weaver. He's like, looking up at her. Not even that. Like when, when she kisses him, like she's she's like the dominant one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like so, the scene outside of um, Tavern on the Green, and he's you know, oh. like, uh, trying to get in. Yeah, and everyone like he's like ah! everyone stops eating for a second, and it goes back to the meals <laughs> because. In New York, that's exactly what would happen. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely what would have happened in the 80s. They would have looked at him and just went right back to eating. No problem. So, um, um, all right. Yep. So, next question. Go for it. Uh, could Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven <laughs> fit into this soundtrack? And what scene would it work best with? Oh, man. These are not... Well, I'm just picturing it as, like, a slowed-down version. No, just just the shot of the Stave Pups Marshmallow Man walking. But this is a YouTube video, and it's, like, eight hours on loop in slow-mo. That's the only case that that would work. (laughs) What what goes through your head, Felicia? <laughs> what the hell was that? I like that. That's interesting. Uh, so it's like the Yuletide log on TV. You know what? That that face we just made. Oh, that would be cool. What <laughs> could be the Halloween version of the Yuletide log, where you just play it, play it yeah, over and over. Marshall and Stape up with the tears in heaven playing about. I'm gonna make that YouTube video now just to prove you guys wrong. It's gonna get a million hits. Yeah, yeah, but we want credit, some some credit for it. Okay. I will don't worry. Um all right. Wow. I'll give you guys all the credit that is, you want. I won't even put my name on it. That thing is that's gonna, you're right. It's probably gonna have a million hits. 
hundred percent. It could be like the Halloween Yuletide log. Yeah. Right. yeah. You gonna have that done by tomorrow? <laughs> Don't challenge me. I'll do it. Challenge. Um, all right. Wow. So give us your favorite song, A, and B, the song you think encompasses, you know, the film, the theme, the storyline, whatever. I mean, I think this, this one's pretty obvious, but. Yeah, pretty much. The theme song. Yeah. Yeah. You Usually, guys ask this question on every. Yeah. Yeah. Every these movie, are all yeah. standard questions. Who knows why we ask about Tom Hanks and Tears in Heaven, but there you go. Because <laughs> um, Tom Hanks makes everything better. Right. Oh, yeah. Right now, I remember. That was like the first first episode we shot. We said something. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I put Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. But listen, we didn't talk a lot about the soundtrack. I, I have a bunch of songs. Not a bunch. I have a... Because there's not a lot in the soundtrack. But like, um, Magic. Oh, it's Magic, Magic. Magic by Mixed Mind. I just... Yeah, like, just because it's like... I mean, I clearly I link it to this movie but in that particular scene it's awesome and like all right you know what i'm gonna put this on my playlist i love um cleaning up the town the mm-hmm. first time they get a call mm-hmm. yeah, i'm like Ooh, that gets me hyped up for like whatever the hell they're gonna do plus it's the bus boys so you know i used to be a bus boy so i get it yeah mm-hmm. the bus boys eddie murphy 48 hours Oh yeah! Oh, that's oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, uh, Disco Inferno plays in this in this oh, movie. Disco Inferno, come on! I, wait, I don't even remember that. It's yeah. at Lewis's party. It plays. Yeah. Oh, oh, right. And then, and then he and that girl are dancing. I'm doing quote <laughs> signs. Everybody, like, I don't know what they were doing. When did they play in the name of love? That's what I was going to do in the name of love, and I can't, I can wait forever. Yeah, and not well, you know what? Back in the day, you know, back in Darren's day, um, they used to put songs on soundtracks that weren't in the movies. It was just like, I don't know, maybe just to sell CDs or or what would they have in your day? Eight tracks. (laughs) Anyway, I can't hear you sighing, man. Wait, they actually didn't have it in the movies, or was it just like laid under scenes? And I, I don't know, but I, I I was paying attention to what was being played, and Me too. I did not notice these songs. I did not notice that either. It could have been one of those things, you know, like Chris, where we've seen where some car will be driving by down the street, mm-hmm. you playing it in the car, and just barely out of earshot. Very, very possible. So, oh, saving the day. True. Lessie Brothers. Saving the day. Oh, yeah. Saving the day. Oh, man. Or maybe they had to make budget so that they wouldn't get their budget cut for Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> yeah. Like that episode of The Office where Michael has to buy a new copier mm-hmm. so that they don't get their next they, year's yeah. budget cut. Copier or chairs. Copier or chairs. Oh, right. But then he finds out and he sends, sends the money back to the company. He gets a bonus. Oh, yes. And then that's when he bought the fur coats. <laughs> yes. And then someone throws. I just the ruined the episode for anybody watching this. Oh, sorry. But yeah, that's, there's a lot of that could have been what they did. They could have bought rights to famous songs. 
to give the movie more value. Well, you know, I just looked up the budget for Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> 25 million, less than the first. Whoa. Oh, really? Yeah, that's so that's insane. I've never seen that happen. Before. Go, now, now we have to do the next, we have to do a podcast next. Yeah. We have to watch it and like. I love Ghostbusters too. I, I have official playing cards, <laughs> Ghostbusters 2 trading cards that oh came God, with a stick of gum. <laughs> they all did. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember they used to do those things. Mm. And I, for years, carried that whole pack of cards around in my wallet just in case I ever ran into Bill Murray on the street. And you want him to sign it for you? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, okay. Are, are they still in your wallet? No. I don't really get out much anymore. So. Okay. Um, I will say, I mean, I, as much as I love Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, by the way, like... I, we talked about how it's obviously the mm. encompasses the movie, but like this is this is not a bad song. This is probably one of the greatest movie theme songs of all I, time. I'm surprised okay. I knew every the words like word for word. I think that should tell you all you need to know about whether how great the song was. So, and, and actually, oh, yeah. I was I was talking about um, reunited apart. Uh, Ray, uh, what's it? Some Ray Parker. Mm-hmm. Or junior uh comes on he came on the 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 youtube show for and he, he for um uh what is it reunited apart for bus for ghostbusters yeah so they got the cast together and then he came on oh. and he started he played at the end of the the i call it a podcast whatever he played ghostbusters what the, <laughs> was it I'm, i mean i could be misremembering mis- mis- this wasn't there some like legal thing going on between yeah he sued them yeah for, for who for what for 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 who wasn't it somebody he sued, stole- like columbia pictures for, right yeah somebody stole his song for some was it huey lewis in the news oh yeah yeah it was it was he talks about that too <laughs> yeah um hip to be square that's what it, I think. That's the song mm. that was in question. So, um, not sure who stole who. Doesn't really matter because it's still a great song. And <sighs> what the fuck? Um, all right. Final. Are we ready for the final question? Yes. All right. Go Super ahead, ready. How <laughs> much wood would woodchuck chuck? No, stop. A woodchuck could chuck all the way. Could have woodchuck could chuck wood. Come on now. Give me a give me a hard one. Uh, um the final question is what is what's your what's your rating for this I we already know what you're gonna give this, but we, just for you know to say it, what's what what rating do you give this 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 movie score scale of one to ten, ten being obviously the best. I'm gonna give this a 9.2. We have never had a point two in, in the history of the show. Are we sure? They call me number oh, you're two. Right. So. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so a 9.2 because I think they could have done a better job marketing the first movie. Mm. I think they got really lucky. 
with the lines that picked up mm-hmm. in the theme song. If they marketed Ghostbusters, the original, the way they did Ghostbusters 2, mm. that would have been genius film. Well, they had the money from Ghostbusters 1 to market Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, but that's not how I make my ratings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I win because I gave it a 9.5. That, that's how this works, right? What's your deductions for? Um, you know what? The, the racist part that I mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. the gray stance is a racist. Uh, okay. No, I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm hard put to, to give something at 10. I agree, yeah. Um, Wait, what so did that, we that, give Spider Verse? Don't worry about what you have Spider Verse. Um, uh... <laughs> actually, no, you know what? I, I think I gave it a nine initially, and then I've changed my tune. Yeah. But I can, if I change my tune once, I can change it again. I'm a singer, whatever. Um, you know, this we're recording this, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. We recorded we Spider Verse too, and I said nine. So, you know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> what do you got, Darren? <laughs> Um, wow, I feel like I'm gonna be ass out here. Uh, oh, man, you, you gave it a nine, you gave it an eight. Careful. Well, eight. no, I didn't give it an eight because God, that that would be terrible. You you would no longer be a co-host of the Download Podcast. Whatever, man. Um, <laughs> I I think I gave it a nine, and only reason why I gave it a nine, not a nine point five, is because. Is is because the soundtrack like I think I gave Spider Verse a nine point five, and this to me the the soundtrack is better for Spider Verse than for Ghostbusters. So it is bad, but every point counts. So I kind of have to save that half for. Why don't you give it a nine point two then? Because I don't what, what I don't know what a two is. <laughs> <laughs> You, I was, Felicia, you broke Darren. Yes, you have uh-huh. broken me. <laughs> I do that a lot. Sorry. <laughs> I I feel good with my reading, with the, uh, with as long as, as long as you feel good. That's well, like you said, I have the option to change my mind later. <laughs> All right, that's true. To be watching yeah. the movie again and get your mind right. All right. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> This is great. It's got me thinking about a lot of things. I've been picturing Slimer with hair for the past like 10 minutes. I honestly don't even remember what we've been talking about. I'm probably going to listen to this and just... You know, Slimer with hair is actually John Belushi. Oh my gosh. John Belushi was basically... All right, I'm going to change my rating to a (laughs) (laughs) 9.3. That's all it takes, huh? All right. Mm. We stay on here in the law. She might give it a ten if we keep. So there you go. Give me a reason. <laughs> uh, she, she, we keep her on longer. She might get too tired and just say whatever we want to hear to get us off. <laughs> this is now a nine point eight, isn't it? Uh, so what are you up to next, Felicia? Are you working on anything currently? Yes, I've been uh, working on cutting some some podcasts of my own. They're all uh, scripted comedic podcasts. They're a lot of fun. Been doing a lot of ridiculous sound effects, which is my favorite pastime activity. 
Mm-hmm. I've also been writing. Um, I'm just about to finish writing season one of uh, a period piece of a, a television series mm-hmm. based on true events, and it's been a lot of fun to write. It's a it's a murder mystery that involves three separate sets of butt cheeks as actual evidence set in the 1880s. It's a true story. <laughs> So, so it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> That's all I can say. I don't know what to say. To that. I'm still working on the pitch. I'm still working. On... <laughs> well, I wanted to test it on you guys, and I give that pitch a nine point two. I'm gonna go rewrite it for a nine point three. I think if you just call the three butt cheeks, I mean, people will just go, "Yeah, I got a um, yeah." Well, the three sets of butt cheeks three, is actually six. Six butt cheeks. So yeah. Six cheeks yeah ass, ass out ass out there you go there you go yeah i'm can i, can I join your writing team i think i think <laughs> i think i i think i just hit nailed the interview i've been looking for an editor if you if you could believe it <laughs> i might need somebody to tell me not to do some things that i do so I, I, let's, I, let's talk after this <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh my god um baron <laughs> um, you, you always say you have nothing, but then you do have a bunch of shit. So let's just, let's, just, let's just skip the first part and get to the second part. Uh, I don't have anything. I'm quite a bunch of podcasts. We're no. doing another one tomorrow. You have Yeah, we got a bunch of podcasts coming up. Um, this one, actually, I'll be, this one be, will be out in three hours. Um, so oh, shit. Yeah. If, if you don't, if you don't pr- procrastinate. <laughs> All right. I'm going to see if I can get my stay puff YouTube video before you finish cutting this. Ooh, this is if we're responsible, <laughs> this is the, see what well, this is. It's called cross marketing. Okay. <laughs> we're responsible for the next great animated GIF or, and, or Halloween YouTube. Video. That would be dope. Let me tell you. That would be. And Eric Clapton should then come on the show because we no, have that. That would be my dream come true. Yes, I mean Eric Clapton on the show. Yeah, I know. I know. Fanboy. <laughs> Mine would be if Tom Hanks came on the show. That's why we have. Oh, well, now both of you guys are gonna have to switch your questions. Yeah, it's true. Who would you ask Tom Hanks about in place of the Tom Hanks question? I would ask Tom Hanks exactly that question. I'd be like, "That's what these roles." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast host of the year. That's right. Asking the hard questions, the hard hitting. Man, I would ask Eric Clapton, "Would you want Tom Hanks to play you in a biopic?" Biopic. Actually. No. 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 Douglas is suddenly. You know why? Because when they go in for those close-ups, when he's you know picking like really fast, Hmm. I think his fingers would be just like a little bit too pudgy. (laughs) Somebody, well, not pudgy, just like Tom Hanks. uh, Some people don't have delicate fingers <laughs> I, don't I just want to send a message out to tom hanks i want to send a message out to tom hanks if you're listening fat fingers felicia's opinions do not reflect the opinions of the they show in any shape where <laughs> no i mean it, his fingers are great for so many other roles uh-huh mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Somebody out there is going to agree with me on this. You can ask him whether Tom Hanks wants to be a pair of the butt cheeks in your in your in your project. The cheeks are. Um, do, do you want pudgy butt not cheeks? Attached. <laughs> they're not attached to a person. Oh, oh, but they're what? Independent butt cheeks. It's a murder mystery. It's the only the only surface of skin that survives a fireworks explosion. There's your pitch. There's your pitch right there. The butt cheeks are not attached to a body. Why didn't you lead with that? Yeah, because there's so much more to it. Sounds. That is a very small part. Yes, but this is the pitch, right? That's how you reel people in. That's true. All right. I'm going to write down like a whole bunch and try them out. To see a bunch of independent butt cheeks. No, they're sets. There's there's sets of butt cheeks. They're st- they still come in pairs. They're just not attached to anybody. Darren, please like have her on, drop the mic, and I gotta, just I gotta, have this conversation. I got to go. Hold on. <laughs> You know what? This has gotten completely out of hand. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's usually how it goes with me. I always feel so bad when I get off. Uh. <laughs> anyway, you guys uh, so didn't even ask about the other butt cheeks, but we'll we'll talk later. What? <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, good. So, thanks for asking, guys. Um, I have a lot going on right now. Oh, right, um, Chris. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm kind of tired of talking about it. I, I am working on a pretty big project with Darren uh, for music, like an album slash film project, and I'll be doing some live streams coming up. So, pass me. Amazing. Yeah. So, that's what you're working on then, too. Darren. Yeah. But he doesn't count it in his stuff because it's not important enough. It's not. It's really not. I can do it in my sleep, you know what I'm saying? You know. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, anyway. I can't wait to hear your album. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's been fun so far. So looking forward to it. My album, six animated films. It's it's, going to take like another nine to 12 months to release, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll let you know when it happens. In the meantime, she'll have to come back on for Ghostbusters 2 and Ghostbusters Reboot. And, and the new one that's coming out in 2021. Mm-hmm. 2021. And by, by Reitman's son. Yes. Yeah. I'm actually like the, the um, trailer actually looks good. Like I have no problem with them going a completely different way. I think that was probably the way they should have done it in the first place when 2016. Mm-hmm. You know, to make it its own thing. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see how it. We should do the. Uh, we should do the animated series. Yes. There's a lot of good music in there. I don't know, but I feel like we have to give it its. It's due. Maybe just watch the first episode or so. Because, to be honest, it's actually pretty good. Oh, yeah, I loved it. So, the real. I've it's, never seen it. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's embarrassing. It, it, you should be embarrassed. You should be. I know. But I didn't have cable when I was growing up. Oh. I still think that's no excuse. <laughs> What have, you, what have you been doing since? You couldn't look into somebody's window? 
yes. All right. Well, there you have it. We've had another edition in the books. Felicia, thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And your passion for Bill Murray. Oh, thanks. I hope he appreciates it. I actually have his phone number. What? Well, I you do. can share that with us so he can come on. I will. Too. When, when for, we get off, I'll share it with you guys. When, 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 we, when we do the next two episodes, he should join us. Hey, um, <laughs> we could do Lost in Translation. Because they yes. soundtrack. All I say about that film is eyeliner. No. Uh, oh, no I'm not a fan. <laughs> but that's a whole discussion. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. that's a whole, yeah, that's a whole other separate thing. But it has a good soundtrack, so I think we could add that in there. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, well, happy Halloween. Yeah, happy Halloween. Yeah. I should go as a butt cheek. Um, you already are, buddy. Whatever. <laughs> I'm going to get so much popcorn stuck in my lungs tonight. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I'm not sure how to feel about that. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Although, popcorn is great. There you go. All right. Well, I will uh, see you on the other side of the next podcast. Oh, Felicia, where can people follow you? Yeah. Oh, Instagram at Felicia Romeo. I have a website that's coming out soon. (laughs) That doesn't help anybody yet. (laughs) I'll drop it on my Instagram. So just be waiting, everybody. There you go. Please follow. If this uh, podcast has been any indication, she's hilarious. So, a lot of fun her. to make fun of. And I make fun of myself a lot. <laughs> yes, I, I read your bio. It's very interesting. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, follow us at, you know what? I always, I, I should let Darren do this because I always forget to go. Uh, at the Download, the Download podcast, podcast Show. show. There yeah. we go. I got it. I got it. I got it right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nailed it. All right, that wraps it up for us. I am Darren Jenkins. And I'm Chris Saunders. And this was The Download. Bye, y'all. Bye, Felicia. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Cut. Um, Cut.